This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Go with me to the, to the book of uh, Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. Now, I, I'm, I'm really excited about this tonight. Actually, I, I really, really look forward to, to speak the Word of God anytime, but I, I really like it on Wednesday nights. So we begin here tonight, and we're getting our goal is to feed your faith and starve your doubts. So I'm going to give you some faith food again, all right? The Word of God. Get in the Word, and God will get into you, okay? Acts 20, verse 32. So now, you may want to mark that right there. So now, so right now, brethren, fellow believers, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. To the word of his grace. Now, when I see that statement there, the word of his grace, that is, I've got to come to a place where I live by his standards, his commands, his counsels, his promises. That's God's desire. You want to know God's playbook for your life. It's right here. And so he says right there, I, I commend you to live by the grace of the word of God which is able to build you up. What a statement. The word of God has the ability to build you up. Now he's not talking about giving you these pie-pie arms, okay? He's he's talking about building you up on the inside. But when I read that phrase there today, that, that the word of God has the ability to build us up, I've, I've got to learn to discipline myself to get into the Word of God. It's just like going to the gym. You can make a New Year's resolution. Man, I'm going I'm I'm to get fit and I'm going to lose weight and I'm going to do this. But guess what? You may know that and you may say that. But until you actually discipline yourself to do that, it does you no good. Well, it's very similar to the Word of God. But right here, this statement that is made, he said the Word of God will build you up. <laughs> Build my faith up. But again, I, I, I got to get into it. Now, keep going here with me. And give you an, inherent, an inheritance. Now, think about what he just said. The word of God would build you up, but within the word of God is an inheritance. But what happens with an inheritance? In the natural You may have an uncle, you may have a parent, you may have someone that left an inheritance to you, but if you don't know what the inheritance is, it doesn't do you no good. But right here, he says within the word of God, there's an inheritance. Now watch what he ends up saying in the last part here. Among all, among all those who are sanctified. The word sanctified means to be set apart. The way I'm set apart is through Jesus Christ. So he said, there's an inheritance to all of us that are born again. If you're born again, you're set apart. You're different. And so as I looked at these inheritance that he wants to give us to all of us, Ephesians 1.11 says this, in him, in Jesus, we've obtained an inheritance. One of my favorite uh, passages that I stood on in my life is Colossians 1, 12, and 13. Colossians 1, 12 said this, that, that God has qualified us as partakers of the inheritance in light. 
I've been qualified already, so it's not based on me. Jesus qualified me, but I've got, to get a, I've got an inheritance. So to understand what my inheritance is in yours, I've got to dig in the Word of God. And any time you find out in the Word of God things that Jesus died for you to have, that's for you right now. He doesn't have to go back to the cross and die again. He's already done it. So I'm going to do something tonight. Go with me to Psalm 119. And I, I don't know in all the years that I'm going to read this many verses out of one chapter. But this is the longest chapter in all the Bible. Actually, Psalms 119, there's 176 verses. Now, ease up, okay? I'm not reading all of them. That's not my goal. But through, throughout the year, several times in my year, I'll read this, this whole chapter day after day. And, and the subtitle above it is Meditations on the Excellencies of the Word of God. So I went through here and I began to pick out some of these. Now, when I read these, I, I want you to see how the writer of this psalm, he highlights the Word of God. This, I believe, and the reason I'm doing this is I believe it'll create an appetite in you to say, man, I, 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 I want the Word of God. I, I need the Word of God. How many have ever craved a food? I don't know if you know this or not, but today is, is the first day of spring, and Dairy Queen is giving away free ice cream coats. You say, how do you know that? Well, my staff told me. And they begged me to take them for a free ice cream scone. So I told four or five of the women that we're going on a field trip. We're going to Dairy Queen. So one of them, she was craving a dip cone. I could tell. But I'm using that analogy to think, do I ever crave the word of God like that? I don't know about you, but there's days I get up and say, man, I, I, I can't wait to get in the word. So let's begin. Psalm 119, verse 1 through 3, we'll begin. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law or the word of God. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies. You know what he just said? God will bless you when you live by his standards. Who seek him with a whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways that you have commanded us. So immediately he gets over on, and I, I got to live by the word of God. No ifs, ands, and buts. I got to live by the word of God. Same chapter, verse 9 through 11. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. So you know what he just told me there? The word of God will clean you up. Verse 10, with my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments or your word. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I have not sinned against you. Now notice what he's saying there. Everything's pointing at the word of God in one way or another. I've hidden the word of God in my heart. Keep reading with me, verse 16. I will delight myself in your statutes or your word. I will not forget your word. It's like he was saying, I'm fascinated with the word of God. Verse 25. My soul clings to the dust. Revive me according to your word. So the word of God has the ability to, to revive me. Verse number 30. I have chosen the way of truth. Your judgments I have laid or set before me. So again, guess what he's telling you? To live by the word of God is a choice. 
It becomes a choice. And I love at times when people ask me questions, you know, most of the time my response is this. What's the word of God say? Something happens when I begin to live by the word of God. Verse 43. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth. I got, I got to learn to speak the word out of my mouth. And I'm going to get into this a little later. But a great uh, uh, scriptural reference on that is Matthew 12, 34. It says this, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Something happens when I begin to get the word of God in my heart and I release it out of my mouth. That is called the rhema. That's the spoken word. One of the powerful things you can do is speak the word of God over yourself. Will you watch what happens? Keep reading. Verse 50. This is my comfort in my affliction. For your word has given me life. You know what he just said? When life gets real hard, your word gives me life. What a promise. Verse 67. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I keep your word. You know what he just said there? The word of God keeps me in line. It keeps me on that straight and narrow. Verse number 74. Those who fear you will be glad when they see me because I have hoped in your word. My hope is in your word is what he just said. Verse 81. My soul thanks for your salvation, but my hope is in your word. Verse 101 through 105. I've restrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep your word. I have, de- I have not departed from your judgments, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. Well, promise after promise after promise. Just three more. 133. Direct my steps. By your word. I don't know if you've ever prayed that. Something happens. Verse 160. The entirety of your word is truth. The whole Bible's truth. And I'll end with 172. My tongue shall speak of your word, for all your commandments are righteousness. So I begin to look at all these things that he said. And I said, okay, Lord, how can we shrink that how can we lower that into just a little bit away where on this Wednesday night we begin to see the fundamentals of the word of God turn with me back to your left to the book of Joshua chapter 1 Joshua chapter 1 and this is one of the simplest passages to living by the word of God that that the word of God will come alive to you Joshua chapter number 1 And we'll begin in verse number six. And this guy named Joshua, he had a life of obedience and faith. Verse six. Be strong and a good courage. For to this people you shall divide his inheritance. There's an inheritance, the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. 
for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Now, I'm going to stop right there. But to succeed, we've got to really, 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 really break this down. And look what he said. So we go back to, to, to verse number 6, verse number uh, 8 or 7, and then in verse 9. He said on four different occasions in that chapter, be strong, be valiant, be a warrior, and courageous. You know what he was telling him? This life of living by faith and living by the word of God is not always an easy road to go on, okay? He begins to warn him right there. You're going to have to be strong and of good courage. The New Testament reference of that is Ephesians 6.10. It says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I encourage you to pray that over yourself. Father God, I welcome your grace in my life today to be strong in you. So he says, be strong and of good courage. That's the first key that he says. But then he gets down there in, into verse 8. And he says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. The New Living says, study the book of instruction continually. Day by day, by day, by day, by day. Remember the Lord Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So again, I, I get over to the place where I love to feed my natural man, but I got to feed my spirit man. I got I to get into the word. So he said, let not this book of the law depart out of your mouth. I, I got to get the word in my mouth. And then he says that you may meditate on it there in day and night. The word meditate there, it literally means to recite the word of God. To recite it, to get it in my mouth, to speak it. And this is real interesting that these were the very instructions that God gave Joshua. And he said, listen, for you guys to walk in the inheritance that I'm giving you, you're going to have to get in the word and you're going to have to speak the word. And you're going to have to keep speaking the word. Learn to sing the word. Get in the word. Now, he doesn't end there. Keep reading. He said, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. That's James 1. James 1.22 says, be doers of the word, not hearers only. So it's like he's, he's lining Joshua out. And he said, I, I, I want you to walk in promised land blessings. I want you to walk in the inheritance that I have for you. But here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to be strong and a good courage. You're going to have to get in the word and you're going to have to speak it and you're going to have to meditate on it and you're going to have to think it and ultimately you're going to have to do it. Now, watch the benefits of obeying what he says here in verse 8. For then, for then, you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Now he repeated that twice. He said, for then you, 
You, you, you, you, you. And so guess what he's telling Joshua? And he tells me and you, I'm, I'm giving you all the ingredients. And I highlight what he said. Then you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. Now, is there anybody in this room that doesn't want prosperity and good success? If you do, we need to pray for you, okay? But this is one of the inheritance right here. That God wants us to prosper. Now, when I talk about prosperity, it's, it's prosperity is just not money, okay? Prosperity is peace. It's soundness of mind. It's great friendships. In 3 John 2, he said, Beloved, I pray that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. So again, not only is it prospering in every venue of my life, but God said, I, I want you to have good success. And many times when people say, well, I, I really don't know that God wants that for me. Well, he just said that in his word. That was his desire for us. And I want to highlight this. Prosperity and good success. It's associated with the word of God. So when I begin to get into the word of God, it begins to change the way I think. And not only begins to change the way I think, it begins to change the way I speak. And it changes how I live. And when I look at every bit of this, I don't know that there's an easier way to put this out here. This is God's desire for every one of our lives. And so dig, find those scripture, find the word of God that pertains to you and then hold fast with it. Don't give up on it. Now go with me to the book of Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. And we've been in Mark 11 off and on. We're going to Mark eleven twenty three, and that's the only verse I'm going to read on this tonight. But I want this to get in you again. And some of you have said, Pastor, we've now heard this for 77 straight weeks. Yeah, we got to get it. We got to get it. We, we, we need to, to recite it back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You know, that's, that's, that's like learning in school. The way you learn multiplication is just, man, it's, it's repetition, repetition, repetition. Now, I can tell you this right now. If, if some of you were to throw out numbers of multiplying up here, they'll roll out of me. I mean, I had a mama who was a school teacher. I mean, we can go to the store and Shelly will say, that, that's $70 with 30% off. What would that be? And I'd say, it's $49. And she'd say, how do you do that that quick? Now, listen. Ease up a little. That's as high as my math goes, okay? <laughs> I don't do very good over that, all right? But my mama pounded that in me too. And so to a degree, this is the same with the word of God. The way I learned it, man, is I just continue to recite it and I recite it and I recite it. So we begin in Mark 11, verse 23. For surely I say to you. Now again, Jesus is talking to us. Whoever, that's every one of us, we're whoever's. Whoever says to the mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. Now, I came across a great, great meaning of the word doubt. The word doubt is rooted in this meaning. We have a conflict within oneself. And you know what that conflict is? 
I, I, I hear this, but I see this. I hear this, but this is pulling on me. And, and so it's interesting right here that, that he said, and you'll say, be not removing me, casting, and does not doubt in his heart. Now, just, just briefly here, doubt is a faith killer. The, the only way I get past doubt is I got to feed my faith. You feed your faith and you starve your doubts. And so every one of us in here, I may begin to read the word of God. And man, I look in certain situations, the mountain gets real big and I start doubting. But I stay with the word and I stay with the word and I stay with the word. I just keep staying with the word. And before long, when that word starts taking root in my heart, man, you sense the shift. Now, I, I'm, I'm just going to go back a couple pages to Mark chapter 6. And I, I want to read this. This was the Lord Jesus. This is Mark 6, verse 5. Now, I want, I want you to see the power of doubt and unbelief. Now, this is talking about Jesus. Now, he could do no mighty work there in his hometown except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and he healed them. And Jesus marveled because of their unbelief. He marveled because of their doubt. So I want you to think about this. This is the Son of God. And because of people's doubt and unbelief, he wasn't able to do what he desired to do. So when I read that, I think, so if doubt and unbelief stop the Lord, it'll stop us dead in our tracks. And what I want to highlight on that verse, in verse 5, it said, he could not do. It didn't say he would not do. It said he could not do. Now, my mind used to flip when I would read that. And I would say this, well, wait, 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 wait. He's the son of God. He can do whatever he wants. But yet in this situation, he couldn't. It didn't say wouldn't. It said he couldn't. And so again, Jesus in Mark 11, he warns us. You got to get past that doubt. You got to stay with the word, stay with the word. And so we keep reading what Jesus' words here. And he said, and he does not doubt in his heart, but he believes those things he says. But he believes it. And what does he believe? The things that he says. Now, when I say those words right there, we're having what we say and we're saying what we have. The power of the tongue here. Now, if you were to read this, it's amazing how many times in this he gets over on our words and our tongues. My paraphrased edition of that is, be careful, little tongue, what you say. And he says, but he believes those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. So when I see what faith is here right now, you know how I like to define faith? You know what faith is? Believing and speaking. 
Just look at this. This is what he's talking about. Right here, Mark eleven twenty three 23, faith is, is, is believing and speaking. Now, don't, don't dismiss this, okay? And the reason I say that is I didn't say it. This was the Lord Jesus. This was what he told us to do. So when he tells me these stuff and I see their red letter words, I better get a hold of it. So faith literally is, to, is deciding to believe what God's word said and then saying what I've decided to believe. So again, I go back to the word of God and I find out what God's word says and I begin to say it. I begin to pray it. I'm gonna give you illustrations again in my own life. And many of you said, Pastor, I've heard these examples for 15 years. Man, I saw how the word of God moved in my life. It moved incredibly. So at a, as a young age, I, man, I, I, I could spend weeks on telling you all the times of my sleepwalking episodes as a young boy. And, and a lot of times you have the thought, well, you'll outgrow those. Well, I didn't. So I'm, I'm, I'm in my 20s, and I mean, I am a sleepwalking machine. Not to boast about it, but I mean, you, you could have deadbolts all over. I get out. I get out. I, I could go around the neighborhood. I'm serious. Wake up outside. Wake up, man, just be, just be beat up and stuff. And so, man, I got to thinking. I said, Lord, something's not right here. So I begin to dig in the Word of God, and I found passages of Scripture that pertain to what I was going through. Um, Proverbs 3.24, Psalms 127.2, Psalms 4 and 8. There's another one, good one in Ecclesiastes 5. Every one of them talk about your sleep. They'll say, God, God gives his, his children, the brethren, sweet and peaceful sleep. Is a promise. One says that when you lay down, your sleep will be peaceful. The one in Ecclesiastes says, the man who labors hard, he'll have sweet and peaceful sleep. So I started reading those. So guess what I found in the word of God? I found one of my inheritance that God promised sweet and peaceful sleep. So guess what I begin to do? I begin to pray this. I would say, Father God, when I go to sleep tonight, according to Psalms 127 too, you said you would give your beloved sweet and peaceful sleep. So I said, Lord, I thank you tonight. I'm gonna have sweet and peaceful sleep. But it didn't happen the first night. You know why? Because I didn't believe it. I said it. How many of you have ever said prayers, but you really didn't believe it? <laughs> Crossing your finger. Oh, Ben, I hope this works. But I kept saying it, and I kept saying it, I kept saying it. And before long that I would say that, before I'd crawl in bed, I'd thank, thank you, Father God, you give your beloved sweet and peaceful sleep. That's me. Ooh, I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for that. And I'm telling you, before long, it began to kick in. It began to kick in. And to this day, now I can't say always because sometimes I don't, but 90% of the time before I get in bed at night, I still quote that. Ooh, I thank you. I don't sleepwalk. Some of you say, you better knock on wood. Now I'm going to pray in the name of Jesus. I'm going to knock on wood. I don't need a rabbit's foot. I've got the name of Jesus. So again, what happened there? I begin to find out what the word of God said. And I begin to get it in my heart, but I begin to say my desire. So what happens many times in our life we're saying the very things we don't desire. Oh, I never sleep good. 
My sleep's always bad. Well, it's not going to change until you quit saying those things and start getting in agreement with the Word of God. And so, again, I go back to what he said to Joshua. He said, listen, dude, you've you got to get in the Word. You've got to speak the Word. So, I grew up on a street in Clovis called Yucca Street, and the motto on Yucca Street was, I double-dog dare you. And you know what that means. When somebody double-dog dare you, it's on. I mean, if they double-dog dared me in anything, you jump, I double-dog dare you to jump off that roof. I thought, I'm double-dog, okay, I'm doing it. I double-dog dare you in the name of Jesus start getting in the Word. Start practicing the Word. Again, I go back to what he said in the beginning in, in Acts 20. The Word will build you up, and it's got an inheritance for us. And so you, 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 don't, you don't have to live down here. And I will tell you this, sometimes in my prayer time, I'll sense the Lord saying that. He's saying, you, you live way down here. Quit living down here. Live by the word of God. Okay, stand up so I can get you out of here. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.